Hello and welcome to What the Focaccia with me, Nikki Webster. And me, Bettina Canfilucci Bordy. Our podcast is all about sharing our passion for the things we eat, good food, responsibly sourced and sustainable, which is why we are so pleased that our lovely sponsor is Islands Chocolate. Islands Chocolate is a small British business that brings you the finest and tastiest multi-purpose chocolate directly from the Caribbean. You can see it all for yourself on the website, which is islandschocolate.com. And if you want to take your chocolate eating to a whole new level, then check out their Islands Chocolate Spotify playlists, tailored to the mood of each bar, taking you on a journey to tropical paradise while you indulge in some seriously fruity cocoa flavors. I love that. And they've kindly given us an exclusive discount just for you, our lovely podcast listeners. If you enter the code Islands WTF at the checkout to get 15% off everything from islandschocolate.com. So let's meet this week's guest. We are so excited to have you here. Noor Murad, you are a, I hope I said that right, you are a Bahraini-born <laughs> chef whose international work experience eventually brought you to the Ottolenghi family in 2016. You have since developed recipes for the books Palestine and Ottolenghi's Flavour, as well as for Ottolenghi's Masterclass series and other online Ottolenghi publications. Your Bahraini roots have a strong influence on your cooking with Arabic, Persian and Indian flavours, making a prominent appearance in your recipes. Nourish by Noor is your Instagram handle. And what I personally love about your recipes, I'm pretty obsessed actually, <laughs> um, <laughs> is the gutsiness of flavor, combinations and fearlessness. It's very refreshing to see and be inspired by. Um, I think I keep going, oh Lord, every time you post a recipe. <laughs> How are you? We're so excited to have you on. Well, thank you for that intro. <laughs> thank God there's no video because I am blushing. Um, <laughs> um, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? How are you both? We're really good. Really good. Very excited to have you here and have a nice chat. Yeah, we've got so many questions to ask you, but... First, if anyone doesn't know you um, and been so impressed by your gorgeous food and flavours, how would you describe yourself? Well, as Bettina said, I'm a half Bahraini, half English um, hybrid. <laughs> I was born and raised in Bahrain and um, I'm a chef that works at um, Atalangi Test Kitchen. And I guess I'm just like a really quirky person. <laughs> um, and I think that really kind of shows in my cooking. I'm not really afraid to play with different flavors and um, bring it to the table. And yeah, and I draw a lot on my roots um, and my culture in Bahrain. Um, and I try to really kind of bring those Middle Eastern vibes to my cooking. Um, yeah, I think that describes me, really. You can, you can really see that you're playful with flavours, which, are honestly, it's so inspiring. I love it. Everything looks, just looks so delicious, doesn't it, Bettina? It really, really does. You've been doing lots of cooking. How would you say this last year has impacted what you do? Where have you been? Have you been based in the UK? Or I think you went home for a while, didn't you? Um, yes, I did. Um, well, I only went home... Um, in over the first couple of months of lockdown when <laughs> the world kind of went crazy and, and I, I was like, ah, I'm going home. Mm. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but then I came back. Um, so I'm permanently based in London. I, I uh, was born and raised in Bahrain, so I didn't move to London until five years ago. 
but my mom my mom is english but like i've never really felt like english if that makes sense i've i kind of was like i've i've never really spent much time here and i don't really know i don't really connect with this part of me this half of me um so mm. so then i when i was 27 um you know bahrain is like a tiny little island with with not you know there's only so so much you can so far you can go and uh and so like food wise i was like i'm going to get on a plane i'm going to move to london and then <laughs> so i did um and yeah so now i'm permanently based here and how are you finding it have you, have you got used to it yeah i think at first when i moved here i was like oh my god it's so much bigger than i thought uh, because in bahrain like you can literally go around the whole island in like three hours that's it you're done so like, it's, it's really oh, tiny wow. it's so small it's <laughs> that like it's very it, tiny yeah it's like the size of singapore like you can't even see it on a map it's like a little dot um and so when i moved to london i was i'd i'd originally was living like southwest and i was working at spitterfields and i remember i had to be in the kitchen at like 6 30 in the morning so i'd get i'd leave at like five in the morning and it, i remember it was october and obviously i'm i'm used to the sunshine and the heat and uh and i remember just thinking this is so bleak and, uh, and also like this commute is terrible and um but i soon found i soon like realized that um your happiness in London depends on your commuting. <laughs> so if you're able to minimize it or find a way around it or go do London by foot, you add so much time to your day and uh, it changes changes your experience. But London has grown on me. I, um, I've i learned to love it. Um, but I don't love the weather, I just have to say. <laughs> <laughs> but how about you, Bettina? Yeah. Because you how, how long have you been in the UK for now? Oh, my gosh. Um, I've been here for just over three years. Wow. So London is still pretty new to me. Wait, Bettina, where were you before? I used to live in Spain. You're in Spain? Oh, my God. Oh, that's so great. I was in Spain for 12 years. <sighs> what? <laughs> um in southern spain what happened what happened i think southern spain is really nice and it's great you've got the beach and and, and everything um however i think i missed sort of culture and the buzz and if you want to be inspired by food i think london is is pretty up there as one of the best cities to to live and be in um when it comes to new things coming out and flavors and just experiencing food on a whole different level so I I, I moved here and I love it I, I don't know I, I feel like London is my kindred spirit I love it and it kind of grows on you doesn't it like like you said it does yeah it grows on you do you miss Spain though um good question I love going back for holidays but I don't miss living there I was there for so many years, 12 years is a long time. And also it's quite, it's great if you want to golf <laughs> or retire uh, or you want to go to the beach every day <laughs> uh, in the area that I was in. But I, I don't, I don't like going to the beach. <laughs> no. I don't like tanning. So bad for so, your skin. <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> and I don't like it when it's too hot. So like June, July and August, I used to come to the UK to sort of cool off <laughs> and I would go to Southport where my relatives, uh, where my husband's side of the family live in, and there's never any sunshine there. And I was like, yeah, perfect. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and 
allowed to spend five to six oh, weeks wow. there. Yeah, I know. I'm very odd. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're not. I have I have a friend just like that. One of my best friends. She was like, oh, I love clouds and rain <laughs> and, and and the cold. And, and I was like, what? What? What are you? But no, you know. So, Noor, um, you're obviously clearly super passionate about food. But, you know, where did it all start? Where did this passion for food come from flavor and cooking come from <laughs> it, it must my, I think it started um from the womb I don't, the womb. I don't actually know my mom <laughs> from the womb no, my mom says uh my mom says she's like I think your first word must have been food because she said that I had like major uh FOMO if if they were if the adults were eating and I was having my kid food I'd be like I want what you're having um and <laughs> so I think I've always I've always wanted to try different things um and just try different flavors and but I didn't ever think I was going to be a chef, I, you know, I, but I, I guess like what, you know, most kids, I was just kind of every day it was changing. It went from like, first it was like, I want to be a ballerina. And then I quickly realized that I didn't have the physique for that. <laughs> and then and then, uh, and then it was like, I want to be an archaeologist, and then a physiotherapy. And then um, I don't know. Then I was like, well, I, I really love cooking. And um, and then I remember telling my my parents I was like yeah I think I want to give the chef thing a go and I was like 16 and my dad was like <laughs> you know my, my dad was just a typical Arab parents where he was like <laughs> what <laughs> he was kind of like Doc, <laughs> doctor lawyer uh, <laughs> you're a straight A student and I was like um yeah but you know and so he he um set up like he had a friend that worked at one of the hotels one of our local hotels and I was like hey can you can my daughter come work uh, there over the summer? Um, so I did over the summer holidays. Um, I think my dad's plan was for me to see how hard it was and then and then be like, you know what? You're right, dad. But it, <laughs> instead I came home and I was like, I love it. And my dad's plan like totally backfired. <laughs> he was like, oh God. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, but now he's like my number one cheerleader and he's super supportive. So it's funny how that turned out. But um, yeah, so I guess I've just been doing it since, yeah, very young age and basically now half my life that I've I've been working in food amazing what was your first so was that your first proper job then the one that your father organized no I think that was kind of just like a summer summer kind of 16 year old job where I didn't really know what I was doing but I think my first proper job was like when I graduated high school and then I stayed behind everyone went off to uni and I stayed behind and I worked at this catering company uh, called Kafer, it was this like German catering company, and uh, um, there was like there's a Formula One track in Bahrain, and they used to have this catering company, um, and they used to cater for all the events and the races and all these things that happened, and it was just me and like a bunch of rowdy German men <laughs> in, in this catering company. And they were all like you know beer drinking, like really friendly guys in this like. Muslim country with not so much to do and, and it was just hilarious and, and then, yeah and that was my first like proper I would say like really chefy job and then um, they they sent me to Munich for a little while um, uh, and I, I got to yeah I didn't, I didn't I was so young I didn't know what was happening and I didn't I didn't speak any German and I remember they sent us this little like catering place where we had to like 
go in and help out with with all of the prep mm. and and the guys there also they didn't speak english and and i was just an intern at this time so they would just like kind of hand signal like here are these carrots this is a peeler peel all these carrots <laughs> and uh, and um, pointing helps yeah. yes pointing really does help actually you know and i've realized that in kitchens you don't really need doesn't matter if you go if you don't speak the same language you just you just get it body language expressions yeah. and 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 that's all you kind of need oh my goodness well that sounds like a, a, a fun first job it was fun yeah so um, i really love to hear more about your sort of food ethos if you have one or do you think you have one or what were what your thoughts on that yeah i i think i have one um i yeah i i do i think because middle eastern culture like if you um <laughs> if someone comes over to your house it doesn't matter if it's just like for a quick coffee it's like all right bring out the buffet <laughs> like fill the table <laughs> like we have to we have to feed them they need to leave here rolling um and then it's like it's like such a thing right so and i think like that whole um bu- bunch of food in the center of the table and everyone sharing it's always been something that i really love so when i plate food i always put it on one big plate and i'm always like serve on one big platter to share i've always just like everyone just kind of digging in and sharing and eating with their hands if possible i know it's corona <laughs> at the moment so that's probably not advised but i really love that whole ethos of just everyone coming together and sharing of the food and, yeah, and i think that's kind of what i try to do in in my cooking we love that don't we nikki oh, sharing yes. lots of platters of food if you don't share your food i mean you know, when you go to a restaurant and you're sort of befriending someone new, it's always like, are they a sharer or are they, I'm going to eat my own plate type of person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it says a lot about someone, whether they share or not, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it totally does. When someone's like, I'm going to order my own thing and then they yeah. put it there and I'm like, what? <laughs> and then sometimes I'm like, I'm like, should I ask them that I want to try it? <laughs> No, 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 because because I think you can see it in their eyes that it's you know when you get the the sort of evil stare. Yeah, stay away yeah, from my like, food. This is mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is what is the essence of great tasting food? What do you think determines that? I think when you try something and it tastes kind of familiar, um, but it still surprises you, that so you're kind of like, hmm, mm. that's really that's so good. But it also kind of just like fills you with like this warmth and you're just you feel really good and you actually want to kind of sit down and enjoy the meal I mean I think as chefs especially like we're so guilty of like we're constantly tasting and we're on the go and we're constantly like oh yeah that's good and then but sometimes occasionally you try something and you're like damn I need to sit down and appreciate this yeah <laughs> like, um and I think that is that's for me the essence of a really good meal is that you kind of you really want to enjoy it and you want to take in every bite yeah oh yeah so like sometimes things stop you in your tracks don't they I suppose and say wow that is amazing exactly and but also you know it kind of it doesn't have to be like I feel like some of my best the best foods that I eat are you know go to someone's house it doesn't have to be like some kind of fancy like food it it just has to feel really like someone's giving you a hug you know and you're like oh this is so good and I just feel so comforting and yeah yeah oh, I completely agree you know that's certainly how I um develop food as well I just want everything to feel 
just make people feel good. Yeah. So this is the most exciting part for me in terms of your recipe development process in that sort of, you know, food obsessed, creative <laughs> mind. How, how does it all happen? Um, usually the test kitchen, we like, you know, we have a remit or like we come up with ideas like for columns because, um, you know, we do at Olenge, we do Guardian, a weekly Guardian column. We do a monthly New York Times column. We have cookbooks constantly. So depending on whatever theme it is. So say, you know, the theme of the week is orange and it's like, all right, we have to come up with three recipes that have to do with orange. And then, so you just kind of try to make that one ingredient shine. Um, and then we obviously, it was a very rigorous testing process at work. So it's like, we will test things, I'd say on average three times, but it can go up to like 12, um, mm. especially with me. If it's like a, if it's a baking recipe, I just, I'm just like, ah, this is my nemesis. But um, the great thing is that we're quite a small team and everyone kind of tastes and gives you feedback and, and then, but also like tells you when it's ready. I mean, I feel like sometimes as recipe developers, you can be so harsh on yourself and you're always like, it's not good enough. But actually, it is good enough. You're just you've just tasted it so many times that you just don't yeah. know anymore. <laughs> uh, and then, um, and then afterwards, we send it to uh, this lovely lady Claudine in Wales, who will test it in her home kitchen, um, which is perfect because a she's in Wales, so if there's anything that's hard to get, she will let us know. Um, and then, yes. and also, yeah, I mean that's right. You have to keep that in mind. You have you to, do. you know. I I feel like in London we're so spoiled because we just like yeah. have every. We just have every culture, which is amazing. And, but, you know, you can just go to a little store on your local street and it's got all these like hard to find ingredients, but not, you know, a lot of people just don't have that. So, um, yeah, she kind of gives us an indication of that. And then also like, does it work in a home kitchen? Like, okay, you know, sometimes you can get, we're all guilty of becoming a bit too chefy, and it's like we ask for like so many pans and there's like six things going at once and it's, and you're like wait <laughs> yeah. a second like could you just strip this back and just like simplify it do you find that really hard though is is that is that tricky <laughs> when you're when you're thinking well if i just add that 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 makes it a little bit better and you're like oh uh yeah sometimes sometimes i'm like oh especially if it's like quite a technique recipe like um baking or bread or something like that where i'm like but that is so integral that rest is so integral and that fold <laughs> is so it has to happen yeah. just so and it has to be super gentle do not deflate the dough and then you just and you know and i'm trying to convey this in my in my in the recipe writing so i'm like please be you know please be gentle with your yeah. dough yeah. you know you can be a bit like chefy with it where you're like but this has to be the way um but other times you know you know what if there's a simplified way of doing it then do it because that's what people are gonna want to do at home um and then and then I think about like when I cook in the weekend or like uh, for dinner at night or whatever I'm literally some people are like are you even a chef because the food I make is so simple and so like one pot like minimal effort that I'm like well if that's what I want to that's what most people want to cook that's so true yeah. i think it's good to remember that isn't it yeah as well yeah it is it is so it's like a fine balance between like super um you know it's something different but also something that is not going to take you forever in a day absolutely i i i totally agree i <laughs> i can definitely relate to the simplistic food preparation in the evenings um I've got an eight-year-old so oh yeah <laughs> we're pretty much the same that she does sometimes 
which is not bad. It's just sort of very clean and simple and, and separated sometimes, which is great. Um, <laughs> what are your biggest food influences? Um, I guess for me, like home culture, like where I grew up, it's it's weird. It's, it's an interesting one because I think people like having worked with loads of different chefs it's it's really interesting to see how, where people draw inspiration from so some people like are quite foodies and they're very like with the trends and they eat out a lot and they know what's like happening and and that's where they draw their inspiration from but I think like time and time again I always just go back to home and um take those ideas and kind of modernize them and and again like anything to do with sharing something that is shareable for me is always going to be a recipe that I want to make mm. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think I'm obsessed as well, just like you, with sort of big platters of sharing foods and flatbreads and sort of layered things and just sort of, you know. I always say serve with a side of bread, like to everything. And then I've realized that that's all I say. And <laughs> it's always like serve with bread. And even if it's like a rice dish, I'm like, well, you could make a sandwich out of so, yes. So I'm always <laughs> yeah. Well, we're sort of similar, aren't we, Bettina? I think you're a little bit. No, I think actually, Bettina, you also really love potatoes, but I'm obsessed with bread. Yeah, I like potatoes. I like bread. I like rice. I basically like carbs. Carbs are just so <laughs> great, especially when it's like double carbs as well. Like double yes. carbs are the absolute, like, they're the best. That's great. Yeah. Potatoes <laughs> and bread. That's always good, isn't it? That's a winner. Yeah, 100%. Potatoes yeah. and bread, exactly. And <laughs> so I always say that a shawarma has to have chips, like fr French fries it, yes. like in, inside it. Yes. Like I don't understand why. It's, that's just how it is. Like <laughs> you need the double carb, but nobody does it here. And, it, and I'm like, why? So then I'll always order them on the side and then unroll it and then put them in and then roll it back up again. <laughs> oh, shove them in. That's great. Yes, exactly. And so many people, I mean, people, well, they, people do have it here, don't they? Have, people secretly love chip sandwiches and crisp sandwiches. Yeah, definitely. Yes, crisp, crisp sandwiches are so great. <laughs> my, so when my mom was working, and she, my mom was a teacher. She taught, she taught like English as a second language. Um, so she would have like night classes. So then it was like my dad's turn to take over for feeding us. Um, so my dad's like go-to is was always like... Um, a piece of like Lebanese pita mm. right and then he'd spread it with this I don't even know what it is okay but like it's great okay don't judge me but it, it's called puck and it's like it's like this white I don't know it's like a cream cheese but like it's really salty uh -huh. um and so he'd spread the puck on and then he'd put more cheese like cheddar cheese and then sometimes we'd have sometimes we put crisps in and then roll it up and and it's like just a rolled double cheese crisp sandwich and uh, that was our dinner it was super nutritious so we would my sister and I would always look forward to when when dad was doing making dinner because we were like we're gonna eat terrible food that isn't so good for us <laughs> nobody's such a, such a treat and i just think that sort of squidge and crunch is just quite magical squidge and crunch and and salt yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so no where do you see are we just talking about sort of influences and how you know different people different people's approach to food but do you have any thoughts about the future of food generally yeah and trend future trends and trends yeah i mean i always say the future of food is gonna lean towards a more vegetarian vegan life i mean it's already naturally going there i think people are just are consciously eating less meat 
which is a great thing, I think. I mean, there's so much, you know, there's so much information nowadays available to us that you can't ignore all the, the facts that, um, you know, our planet and, and just reducing your consumption of meat is just better for it. It's, start, it's starting to happen, but I, and also at Alcalengi, I've always felt this way, that it was always about the vegetables and the meat is like the side, the side chick. And, but I think more and more and more people are just going to start eating that way. And it's a great thing. I also think like, I mean, I don't, I think this has been happening for a while, but I feel, I feel like people are just really into like very familiar home style, like comfort cooking. Mm. And this, this, and, and so many restaurants are now kind of um, cooking that way more and more and more and just making it less chefy, I guess. Yeah. You know, le- less like beautifully plated, um, you know, looks like your meals looks like art on a plate. And I, I just, I think it's just, it's really moving away from that completely. And I think, yeah, just really good home style cooking made well is uh, is kind of taking over, which I love. I love that. Yeah, maybe people are looking for a little bit more comfort as well. Now, aren't they generally in things, you know, familiarity and things that make them feel sort of like cosy and safe? Yeah. So we are, this podcast is sponsored by a chocolate company. I know, this is so great. <laughs> and chocolate is quite big in cooking. It's not just a sweet thing it's it can be used in cooking in savory dishes and as a flavor enhancer so what do you use chocolate in your cooking at all um and how and how do you use it (laughs) (laughs) I I mean I'll be honest I've I'm quite a traditionalist when it comes to my chocolate I think I I put probably put it in too many cookies um (laughs) no bad thing it's not a bad thing no. <laughs> um, and um, I did when I was living, I was living in, in New York. My my we used to have like at uni, we used to have like a chili off. Like, <laughs> like yeah. there's like a huge competition. Everyone was making like, you know, chili. Um, and uh, and it was so much fun, I think. And then you just go in and then like you go to each stand and you try a little cup and then you have like a little ballot and you make your votes. And anyway, I really looked forward to it all the time. But well, anyway, one year, one of my friends um, joined and he was adding, he added a bit of chocolate to his chili, which I thought was really yummy and ever since then anytime I do make a chili I will add a like tiny bit of chocolate at the end which you know I don't know it just adds like this um texture and it's like smoother uh, it's like this weird depth that you don't really know what it is and, and unless someone told you that there was chocolate in it you wouldn't actually know that there was yeah I think that's exactly what it does isn't it but but for you you're more about the the sweet yeah I'm more about I will have a piece of chocolate on the side I'm I'm so basic and lame but that's how I I like my chocolate I actually when I have desserts I'm I'm such a fruity like (laughs) I love cooked fruits and crumbles and stuff like that um so I I love to just eat chocolate as is um it's just it's just so delicious pure 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 yes pure yes actually there is like wrong with that (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing wrong with it there's like this um so my colleague Verena is like she's a pastry chef um and she's such a badass and she has like all these little she has like a goodie corner (laughs) that she hides from the rest of us because we're always kind of like little mice going in like what sweets do you have for us today and she has all these bags of like really nice chocolate um and so sometimes we're all guilty of just going in there and um stealing some chocolate (laughs) well I think it's that sort of afternoon time isn't it when you need maybe a coffee and a a little bit of chocolate and you just feel you know a little 
perks you up immediately. Yeah, it's a little mood booster. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's like, I can make it until the end of the day. <laughs> I've got this if I have my chocolate. Exactly, exactly. It's a little bit and you're like, oh, I'm good to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Last but not least, we ask all of our lovely guests this question and this is, what's the best piece of advice anyone has given you? Um, my grandfather, uh, my Maharani grandfather, all the time, he used to say, that, don't forget who you are. Like, don't forget where you come from. Um, and I, I guess when I was younger, I used to be like, used to be like the biggest eye roll for me. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. And then, <laughs> and then as I got older, and then my, my grandpa passed away a few years ago. And um, it really like makes me realize what he was saying, because um, especially in my cooking, like if you don't like draw upon who you are like if if you make a plate of food and you can't connect to it or there's not it's not you there on that plate then you're just you're never gonna love whatever you made and I think you really you kind of need to just kind of draw on like your upbringing your culture what you're about what you stand for um and everything that you do whether it you know it's cooking or whatever career you have um and I think that is probably something that really resonates with me now and anytime I cook I just kind of always add a, a bit of me a bit of Noor to it and and if it doesn't have it then I won't connect to the plate so much I'll be like you know what this was an idea that someone else had but it's not me it's not it's not my style it's not what I'm about um and I think that's just so important it's just to kind of always um yeah stay true to you because you're you're good enough you don't need to be someone else or whatever's trending or whatever's out there you just have to be you and and that's enough oh I love that yeah that's really good advice I wish he was here so I could tell him that but I think it's true because I think especially like with social media and stuff I think there's just so much going on and sometimes it's just like it's it's too much there's so much information being fed to you all the time and I think we're all guilty of being like, oh my God, it's my, for me, you know, if you go on my Instagram or whatever, it's, it's all food pages, obviously, but you just, it's like information overload. And then you start questioning yourself, like, oh, did, if I made this, is it good enough? Or, it, you know, and sometimes you just, yeah, if you just kind of stay true to who you are, it's, it's, it's such a good thing. And it also it makes it much easier, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you're, you're, I think you're the best person at being you, aren't you? But you're not very good at being other people. Exactly. And, and people love you for you. And, and I think we all just have to remind ourselves. That's such a simple thing, obviously. But like we all, we all need to be reminded of it, I think, at times. I, I totally agree. Okay. So to, to finish, we have some um, hopefully fun, uh, quick fire questions. Okay. So don't, so don't you think about it too much. Just whatever comes, you know, to mind. Okay. So the first one, uh, white milk or dark chocolate? Dark. Crisps or chocolate? Crisps. Butter or, or, or olive oil? Olive oil. <laughs> Avocado or mango? Avocados. Ketchup or mayo? Mayo. Cake or pie? Uh, cake. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say no to pie. <laughs> uh, French fries or cheese toasty? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, um, cheese toasty. Chocolate truffles or chocolate mousse? Chocolate mousse. Chocolate mousse. Yummy. Chocolate mousse. Yeah. Chocolate Amazing. Mousse. <laughs> chocolate mousse. I do because I just, I just like, I like, yeah, I just like, I like, yeah, I just love it. Chocolate mousse is yummy. <laughs> it's also larger. 
which is nice. It's larger, and then you get to like lick the bowl. You get to, you get to lick the bowl afterwards. Yeah, and you just you feel like it'll go on forever, you know. And you're like, oh, this is so great. Yeah, just, yeah, there in like moosey moosey heaven. Moose is good if you well for me anyway. If I have like a, I always have a really tiny spoon. Oh, that makes it last much longer. I'm gonna do that, girl. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, I've got a really large collection of teaspoons. And they range from like quite large to really tiny and I have different ones for different things ridiculous yeah. like tiny little poly pocket spoons yes yeah, yeah I have yeah. <laughs> for food styling as well but then I use them for different foods no but this is a great thing I'm now going to order a tiny spoon so I can destroy my you need one you need yeah. one in your life you totally do <laughs> oh amazing thank you so much Noor for joining us today and all your wisdom about flavour and for anyone that wants more of it, go to Noor's IG handle, which is Norish by Noor. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to What the Focaccia. I hope you have enjoyed our food conversations and please do have a listen to the rest of the episodes to hear more brilliant stories about everything and anything to do with food. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Island's Chocolate. You'll find their proper hot chocolate in any girl's bakery and you can choose between 65% or 75% cocoa and have a girl's barista make a creamy high flavour hot chocolate for you. Don't forget, you can also get 15% off anything you order from their website, which is islandschocolate.com. Just use the code islandswtf and that's islandswtf at the checkout. And please do give us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed the podcast. It really does help spread the word. And if you want to follow Bettina and myself, you'll find us on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening and we'll be back soon.